The following podcast is part of the Joy Road Media family. Enjoy. favorite camp counselor Tish Delano. And sitting between us is <laughs> special guest camp counselor Sadie Tate. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Thank yeah. you for coming. Thank this you. <laughs> <laughs> musical moment we were having. Hello. Oh, hey. She's a vision in a floral two-piece outfit that is absolutely stunning. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're wearing a corset. You got the boobies. Yeah. We came from a tea party um, that was like spring-themed, so I had to um, dress the part, and I don't own much floral theme. I know. Shocker campers. I don't a lot of, own a ton of super girly, frilly, feminine stuff, so, um, <laughs> but thankfully, in the back of the costume closet, I had some stuff. It's true. <laughs> I, I was not invited to this tea party, so I'm wearing the October Academy's newest line of what we do in the shadows. This is the up dog variant. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I love Colin Robinson mm-hmm. very much. I love that shirt. Mm-hmm. It's very festive. But yes. you guys look like visions of springtime. <laughs> we have an adult beverage in these we coffee do. mugs because I don't believe it. In wine bottles. You believe in wine bottles. You don't Does believe in wine glasses. glasses. Or that. I also don't really believe in wine because it all tastes like Jesus, but at least this is a nice rose. <laughs> so it's like Jesus mixed with Sprite. Yes. Mm-hmm. But hey, everybody, welcome to the second episode of season three. Woo! We made it. Yeah. You guys had my husband on, was that season two? two? His name is Brian Papandria, all you listeners. <laughs> VT Dubs, VT Dubs. That was, I think, 17? That's what I was going to say. It was television terror. Yeah. Yes, we had Brian on, and Sadie is also in uh, Feasters Sunday. Feasters Sunday. Yes. And Sugar Plum, which I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I plugged last time Brian was on. And we actually filmed a something together for Spooky Dookie, so that was yep. fun. Yeah, it was last weekend. <laughs> and you both did Soccer Moms. Satanic Soccer Mom from Ohio. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yes. I think that's being edited right now, yeah. so Fantastic. maybe we'll have a trailer out soon. Fingers crossed, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Love it. Yes, and you can also be seen in the beautiful trailer for the film Thrust. The trailer is just so pretty. I just, I love the color. I love the vibe. I'm like, I don't even know what this is about, but it's so pretty. That's like probably the best film set I've ever been on. And I mean, like, it was hard. It was grueling. Mm -hmm. It was physical. Um, Like, we had a lot of things going against us, but that was the most fucking fun I've had on a film set. And that was with Victor Bonacore and Aaron Brown, also known as Misty Monday. So I have some scenes with fucking scream queen Aaron Brown Misty Monday and I'm Linnea Quigley's in the movie too like I'm 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 making it dude yes you are our scream queen 
Yes. Do you have anything for the bulletin board this week? Um, I really only had that we have saved. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. I, I do have something then for the bulletin board. Okay. Yes. So this episode comes out on March 31st. We will be at the Flint Horror Collective's April Ghoul's Day event this Saturday at the Flint Farmer's Market. So don't forget, campers, you can come visit us out there. We have stuff. Yes, I. there will be stuff. And things. And what yes. not. Um, I guess I do have something else because I did get some some calls about the, where's the video? And I'm like, oh, yeah, about that. <laughs> so we had set up, we were like, this is our season three goal. And I was so excited about it. The thing is, is that we were using Lauren's cell phone, my cell phone, and then a webcam. Because I have my professional camera, but like, there's only one of them. So we're like, well, this will give us angles and stuff. Well, Lauren phone um, made about 30 minutes before it said, I'm full and I cannot record anymore. So I was like, okay, we're down an angle. This is fine. <laughs> yeah, and the qu- the difference in quality between our phones and the webcam and then the thing with the light, it was a nightmare. <laughs> On top of there was like a, an audio sync issue with the webcam. That was weird. That took me hours because I couldn't figure out I was like, why is this not, like, this doesn't make sense why it's not syncing up. And turns out the audio was just from the camera itself um, was actually slightly out of sync. Yeah. <gasps> so lots of quality issues there. So we are postponing the whole going using video for a little while until we can figure out some tech issues because also Lauren is moving. So we can't have like a proper permanent setup going yet because... Well, you need to. Yeah. So I guess hey, on that note, I did make an offer on a house and it got accepted. So now we're at that really fun in between where there's a lot of waiting. So I guess that's my other news. Just waiting and waiting and going to keep packing. So this room is really empty and sad. We used to have art. Yeah. Art from friends of ours. Mm-hmm. I had your and Brian's Halloween card mm-hmm. and it made me very happy and I had to pack it away. And I was like, this is going to be one of the first things I put back out. <laughs> was that the Christmas, Christmas card? card? Yeah, yeah, Christmas card. Yes. Yes. I have both last year's and this year's still up on my fridge. I was like, I need to get frames for these because they're so they're so great. Mm-hmm. We need to. He's always like on top of ideas, so I wonder. We like to be for all of you who don't know. We do offensive <laughs> Christmas cards. I would say, <laughs> like, not offensive, but like uh, murdery. Yeah, like too soon kind of kind of Christmas cards. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I don't know what we'll do. For the coming year but it'll be it'll be something weird i love it they always have a funny little punny caption like the concept is always brian's idea the pun is mine (laughs) (laughs) that is romance right there yes (laughs) yes that's true love uh last week i mentioned friday the 13th that i was gonna be in milwaukee for great house teas that show had to be canceled so they're doing something I think in July that they've asked me if I would be interested in doing that instead and I said okay sure July's far away <laughs> why not so just a heads up in case uh, anyone was going to road trip it to Milwaukee don't do it I mean you can <laughs> you could still go to Milwaukee but you're not going to see Camp Counselor Tish <laughs> no no and we still have the sleepaway camp event coming up at the end of the month <laughs> hey Camp Counselor Lauren are you ready to go creeping through that crypt I am ready to go Creeping through that crypt is special guest camp counselor Sadie Tate's ready. I'm ready to go creeping through that crypt. Let's creep All through right. that crypt. Yeah. <laughs> May I interest you both in a creeperosity? Yeah. Please. All right. So it's not what you might think it is. 
I was going to try to look up fun facts about vultures, <laughs> but instead, I am going to tell you the dad joke of the day. All right. What does a vulture bring with him to the airport? Carry on. Yep. <laughs> Winner! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Uh, that was actually supposed to be one of the daily dad jokes back in February, and when I read it, I was like, no, I'm keeping this for March when we do that episode. Saving Love it. it. This is season three, episode two, Carry On Death. And this is your synopsis. This episode of Tales from the Crypt is based off of the ninth issue of Shock Suspense Stories comic. This is a classic tale of a criminal on the run trying to get away, but with added bonus of justice soaring through the skies, flying on the wings of truth. Tweet, tweet goes the bird, and you know what that means, campers? Shenanigans ensue, and everybody gets what they deserve. All right, so Crypt Keeper is a baddie now, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he pulls up on his motorcycle. It always freaks me out when, like, you see puppets, like, walking. Um, feet. Yeah, the feet, like, <laughs> like, when you see Kermit riding a bike on the Muppets, uh-huh. like, in the Muppet movie, or they're walking down the street, like, Sadie and I were talking about Muppets in the car. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But, uh, so when he walked up, even though I was, like, in my head logically, I was like, that's somebody, like, in boots, and, you know, it, it still, like, tripped um, the Uncanny Valley effect in my brain, and was like, no, bad, and, no. And we also know how much you love Crypt Keeper feet, so oh, yes. even if they mm-hmm. were clothed, it probably doesn't help. <laughs> that's all I was thinking. Well, I was thinking how much uncomfortable that opening was making you. <laughs> but I was also, I mean, I knew kind of where it was going. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, his boots look like riding boots or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, to me, they were fucking go-go boots. I did, yes. yes. Yes, they did not look like normal motorcycle boots. Yeah, they he, were. He's go-go dancing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Later. which, yeah. He's cruising, I don't know. Listen, I don't, I don't judge anybody what they do for a second job, so that's fine. That's fine. Um, I did want to Put out that he's wearing a helmet. Yes. He cares about safety. That's my man. He does. We live in a helmet optional state. And I'm like, listen, if the Crypt Keeper is wearing a helmet, of all people, come on, guys, wear a helmet. Put on a helmet. Protect mm-hmm. protect your brain buckets. Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, the thing, dear. right? That's, yeah. what we call skull- That's what we all call skulls, right? Oh. <laughs> all right. So we open to somewhere in Texas to a bank robbery happening by bad boy Earl Raymond Diggs. Mm. Yeah, and it was weird. It looked like old-timey Western. Yes, like, I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought we were on a film set, and I was like, that's clearly not a bank. But then you hear, move, bitch, and like the worst can screen ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wrote down that that was the first thing said in the episode, and it's by... America's sweetheart, Kyle McLaughlin, is just, move, bitch! Swoon, <laughs> swoon. So, yep, he's robbing a bank. Um, and turns out we are not in old-timey Western times. We are in modern days because then he jumps into a car and takes off. Um, and we find out that he ha- has escaped from death row. Yes, and when Diggs does get into the car and starts driving away, there is a sign there that says, no gas stations for 70 miles. Oh, I feel like that's also some important notes. Foreboding, yes. He's driving out into the middle of the desert. And as the radio goes on, we find out he was about to be executed for the murder of three nursing students. Which I was like, wait a minute. Wasn't there like a serial killer that did that? Yes. yes. Richard Speck. Six, six, I'm a bitch. Also, the, the escaping like hours before execution, although it didn't happen this way, but I was getting like Ted Bundy vibes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Being like, I'm just gonna whoop, whoop, whoop. 
Yes. Peace out, Brussels sprouts. Yes. Right. So they give a a good description over the radio of what he looks like. And I was just like, I ignored all of it because I was like, handsome. Yeah. You're just attractive. Tall, dark hair. Blue ripped. Eyes. Oh god, so ripped. Like chin mm, for the god. Yeah. <laughs> just cheekbones for days. Like like I'm like just handsome. Ridiculously handsome, but also very dangerous. <laughs> and also rich. Uh, uh yes, a super rich since he had just robbed a bank. Diggs thought he got away, but a motorcycle cop starts tailing behind him. They race throughout the desert roads. And basically most of my notes for this episode just say there's running, there's chasing, there's a desert, there's more desert, there's a bird. Yep. That's this episode. I loved that there's a point. So, like, my favorite thing about the episode, besides Kyle McLaughlin, <laughs> is, like, a tribute to his acting in, like, a comedic way. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, so there's, like, maybe a minute where the two characters are actually talking to each other, mm-hmm. but the rest is... Kyle just, like, explaining what he's thinking to nothing, to nothingness, to the air. Yes, yeah, talking to, yeah, absolutely no one and nothing. It's beautiful. And for that, like, car chase part with the motorcycle, there's, he says something like, want to play chicken? (laughs) Like, it's just, it's magical. It is. He's Uh so good at being, he just takes on any character. It it just goes full full force. Full force, yeah. Yeah. Like, 100%. Did anybody else get Terminator vibes from the cop? Yes. 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 He was so determined. He was. So, like, they get into, like, a so, first the cop is shooting at him when he's behind Earl, and he ends up wiping on his bike, because I imagine shooting a gun while you're driving a motorcycle is a little difficult, but he gets up gets right back on and starts driving and somehow catches up with him, which is then when we get to the chicken part because Earl decides he's going to spin it around and they're going to play chicken while having a gun battle mm-hmm. at the same time. This is extra. <laughs> so this this continues on for a few minutes and eventually Diggs manages to get the cop off the bike and it, I, I have some flaws <laughs> with this. Yeah, I, uh-huh, I, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. I pointed it out too because... So, yeah, the cop, like... Falls. Yeah, falls off the bike and, like, tucks and rolls into a ditch. And Earl is celebrating, um, and he stops. And... (laughs) Because there is a motorcycle. A bike with no rider. Still driving upright, like, completely upright. (laughs) On a straight, on a straight line. There's nothing hitting the throttle here. (laughs) But wait, it gets even better. When Earl turns and realizes the bike is about to hit him, he jumps out of the car, and when the bike hits it, there's, like, a delay of, like, five seconds, and then it explodes. (gasps) And my first thought was, like, was was he driving a... Was he driving a Pinto? Like, what the hell? Like, you normal cars don't get T-boned and explode. That's not how it works. But this is a television show, That's so true. I guess we have yes. to suffer with the well, logic. I mean, we've never driven in the desert. Maybe that oh. happens yeah, in maybe, the desert. Yeah, maybe desert vibes. I don't know. Like, I, uh, perchance, perchance. Um, and also, before the car explodes, he does grab the bag of money. It's important. Mm-hmm. It is important, because I wrote down a one-liner later. Oh, boy. Yes. So there is also a cute little vulture baby. <laughs> Enter Burb. I love, I love burbs, and I love raptors a lot. I have this scene written down as enter Officer Burb. Yes! <laughs> Officer Burb is now on the case. Yes. On the chase of Diggs. Yes, and Officer Burb, he don't believe in no rules. <laughs> yes. And uh, the Burb is getting really excited because, like, he's like, snack 
time. It's about to be snack time. Gonna be snack time when we stop yes. recording this episode because mm-hmm. we're all hungry. Yes. Earl didn't manage to grab all of his money because I do have the note that his money started, some of his money started blowing off into the wind, into the middle of the desert. I do have, so like, Officer Burb is like eyeing Diggs. And Diggs sees we've got 25 miles to Mexico. Cop is laying in the ditch. Mm-hmm. One sec. Presumably dead. We don't know. But um, from Diggs's opinion, he's dead. Yes. And Diggs says, 10-4, asshole. Gives him the finger. Over and out. Yes. I wrote that one down. And specifically, I was like, I was like say, I'm going to make Sadie say this line. I'm going to say yes. all of them. I Good. love his cheesy one-liners. They're so glorious. And just, they're so, um, they're so tales from the crypt. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's just beautiful. So Diggs manages to find a map, figures out that he's closer to Mexico than he thought he was. And all he has to do is climb over a hill. <laughs> Sir? Sir, I'm pretty sure that's a goddamn mountain, but okay, what do I know? Right. While he's plotting his route, the cop wakes up. And the cute little baby Bert Vulture lands on the roof of the car, and he says... Diggs says, Sorry, Bertie. This buffet has been canceled. Eat your heart out, scavenger. I'm too tough to digest. (laughs) fucking love this bird. Officer, Officer Burb. Burb. Yes. <laughs> Diggs is on his way to the mountain hill thing and oh, the cop is not dead and he mm-hmm. teams up with the bird. This is the best dynamic duo ever. I Yeah, I love the bot- buddy cop comedy that was brewing there between the vulture and the cop. Like, I was like, I would watch this movie. <laughs> like, seriously, somebody make this, please. So we just get a lot of scenes of the two men separately trekking across the desert. It's really hot. They're super sweaty. The cop just remains fully clothed at all times. But slowly but surely as the scenes go on, Earl's shirt becomes uh, a little bit undone. Yeah. So I'm no expert, Mm -hmm. but that's actually probably a terrible idea because he is just exposing his skin more to the sun. sun. Yes. If he was going to take his shirt off, he should have wrapped it around his head. Exactly. But you know, again, what do we know? We're we're just here. We live live in in Michigan. Michigan. (laughs) We don't have a desert. Well, cop catches up with Diggs and he kind of starts shooting at him. And so Diggs like runs and hides and ends up dropping the bag of money in that sway of things. Cop finds the bag. He knows Diggs is around. Mm -hmm. And so he picks it up and he shakes it out. God. And the money goes blowing away in the wind. But again, Diggs, my Kyle McLaughlin, says to out loud, but to himself, I'm taking every one of those dead presidents out of your hide. Oh, shit. And I have a question here. When the cop approached Earl and Earl's like, where'd this guy come from? I'm thinking, like, it's it's the desert. (laughs) And at this point, they've only been on, like, the plains part of the desert. I'm like, was was this, like, a comedy, like a Looney Tunes, where every time Earl turned around because he thought somebody was following him, the cop, like, suddenly jumps behind a cactus and makes, conforms to the shape of a cactus? Like... I'm like, how do you not see this guy coming? Like, I'm like, is he, like, there's nothing out there. There's no sound aside from maybe the wind to, like, even dampen the sound of footsteps. But I'm like, Earl, you are a really terrible criminal. Like, you're, you're not doing, you're not doing a good job here. He's, That's he's not so good at this game. No. So Diggs runs off. 
There's more walking, more walking. Eventually, Diggs finds an abandoned billboard and puts it together, figuring out the correct direction to head. But oh wait! The duo is back and they're hot on the trail. Officer Burb to the rescue. They find ice cold beers. It's very disappointing. It's the name of the building. Yeah. <laughs> and sadly, there are no ice cold beers inside. It's wah, abandoned. Wah, 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 wah. But I love the part where the cop um, and the vulture are talking. Like, the cop is talking to the vulture and he pulls up, which we need to go, boy. And the vulture, <laughs> like a fucking Labrador retriever, just flies off and the cop follows him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are vultures really just sky puppies? Because listen, <laughs> if you've ever had a dog and you've ever had a dead animal anywhere near your home, you know that dogs are scavengers. They will eat and then roll in, which is probably the only difference. Mm. A dead animal. Mm-hmm. like They're like, well, this squirrel's been sitting out for two weeks. I should probably just go ahead and eat this for you. Can I get a pet vulture? Is this a thing? I don't think this is a thing that you're allowed to do. Yeah, probably not. Probably we can not. try. But when Diggs does find that sign, he makes another very festive comment that I believe our lovely Sadie has written yes. down. Ice cold beers, senoritas, maybe even a taco. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even one taco. One taco. A taco. A taco. Uno taco. <laughs> <laughs> so, Diggs finds this building, and much like the sign, it is run down, abandoned, empty, a little scary, kind of like you're in a horror movie situation in the yeah. middle of the desert. There's like a, a creepy doll. Yeah, a little baby doll. Chair, and yeah. he kicks it over, and when he kicks, kicks it over, he says, what are you looking at? <laughs> Just forever, forever the badass in this. I took up to the up to the end. He opens up the cooler and it is empty. And I did look it up because I was like, he's got to be super dehydrated. Because I imagine after breaking out of prison, did he get his final meal? I mean, like, has he been drinking water? I doubt it. He's been out in the desert and he's sweaty. You can only live three to four days without water. And yeah, I have a lot of doubts um, about the last time he drank water. So I truly think he only had about a day left to live anyways. Oh, but don't worry. So the cop shows up and they brawl. It's dramatic yet resourceful. And the burb watches. And I have a note here. I have a note here that just says he likes to watch. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. And the fight ends with the cop handcuffing himself to Earl. Then Earl. God damn it, Earl. You dumbass. The cop just handcuffed himself to Earl and Earl shot him in the chest, killing him. (sighs) But... Yeah, but not right away. He didn't die immediately. Cop is gonna get him one way or another. As he slowly dies, standing upright, he pulls out the key for the handcuffs, puts it in his mouth, and swallows it. One final fuck you. So then, we see Earl walking around in circles (laughs) in the desert, dragging. It's like making, like, a a snow angel circle. (laughs) That's what I wrote down as a snow angel circle. Oh my god, it's aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Just dragging the dead cop behind him. I mean, the vulture's just sitting there watching. And instead of cutting off the cop's hand, maybe breaking his own hand to slip out of the cuffs, I was like, listen, Earl's a psycho. He could have gut the guy to get out yeah. the keys. He just decides he's just gonna... He's gonna fucking carry him. Yep, plow through <laughs> the desert with a dead guy in his shoulders. Really, Earl? Really? Not the smartest inmate on the block, are you? No, but it did come in handy later. 
Yes. But before we get to that later part, there's more walking around the desert. Diggs runs into Officer Burp sitting on a wooden sign and starts yelling at the bird, throws the gun at him because it realizes there's no bullets left. The Burp squawks. My favorite part is that Officer Burp is sitting on another sign and written on that sign, because I can't say this correctly. Yeah. Pollo. Pollo? Pollo. Pollo. I did not take Spanish in high school. (laughs) I mean, I did, but I should not have passed. Uh, And that means chicken. What a beautiful random happenstance. It is. And he, the whole, this whole time, is just making all kinds of rants, letting off one-liners. It's just... It's just chef's kiss. I have another one as they're walking. Yeah. And we see, so like Diggs is carrying cop like kind of over his shoulders Mm -hmm. at this point. And we see like, okay, we've got six miles to Mexico. And Diggs says, Mexico is going to be great. You speak any Spanish? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. You don't speak at all. (laughs) Waka, waka, waka. (laughs) And of course he laughs at his own joke. Yes. Oh, he does. He does. He is going insane. I mean, he was already kind of there, but now he's just extra. My favorite rant that he goes on, I don't have all of it directly captured, is that he was offended that the papers called him a sadist because he didn't mutilate those three girls until after. After they were dead. After. See? So he's a good guy. But, you know, as he's just spouting off to himself and his buddy over his shoulders after after this, he's like, okay, of course, if they knew about the five I killed in Kansas, I'd still be on trial. And then my favorite that I wrote down, women can't live with them, can't fit more than one in the trunk at a time. Which, fun fact for everybody <laughs> else who has seen all the episodes of Tales from the Crypt, is definitely foreshadowing a future episode. And we just had one of those women can't live with them. Can't, can't blank, blank, yep, blank. Yeah, we had one of those in the last episode. Season three is not very nice to women no. though, so far. <laughs> Nice level of undercurrent of misogyny there. But um, as we go on, um, he starts to fat shame the dead cop. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, Earl, they don't call it dead weight for nothing, buddy. What'd you think was going to happen? There's more walking around in the desert and cue a sandstorm. And this is one of the moments where Diggs actually has a decent idea. I agree. Yes. This was actually, yes, very smart. Yes. So he's walking. He realizes he can't really get far. So he just kind of kerplunks onto the ground and lets the dead police officer on top of him as a shield or a human blankie, Mm -hmm. a flesh blankie coming soon to a store near you. (laughs) And when it's all over, he walks a little more and realizes he's just made it to the border. It's just over that hill. That very large, tall, mountainous hill that he now has to climb in the hot desert, dragging a dead body. No big deal. And Officer Burb is waiting for Diggs at the base of that hill and drag, 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 climb, 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 yada, yada, yada. Eventually, they do make it to the top of the hill. Yep. And he fucks up. He does. You done fucked up, Earl. You done fucked up. What does he say, Sadie? Well, first he says, oh my god, I can't believe we did it. Couldn't have done it without you, pal. It's all downhill from here. I'm gonna say this is a big ope energy, (laughs) because what 
happens next, Camp Counselor Tish? Well, he propped up the dead body to take a look at the view of Mexico, which was a mistake because he doesn't hold on to him and the dead body falls backwards. <laughs> They're still handcuffed together, so he gets dragged right back down the... They go a-tumbling. Yeah, they, they go Jack and <laughs> Jill style. Oh, no. Yes, um, and the vulture is there watching the entire time. <laughs> yes, and they are... Both of the men are laying on the desert floor, and Diggs offers Officer Burb the dead cop, and clearly Diggs does not understand the brotherhood Mm-mm. that these two had. And then Earl gets into a full-blown argument yes. with the vulture. It's, he does. It's it's beautiful. It's glorious. He says, isn't he good enough for you? What do you want, bird? You ain't getting me, bird. You ain't getting me. God damn it, you ain't getting me. <laughs> he calls him a feathered fuck, too. Yeah, oh, I missed that part. Um, and then he shows his first stroke of intelligence here, and he makes an axe out of, like, rock, a rock, and a pea, and, like, a stick. Well, he makes the it badge. With the badge. Oh, the badge. Okay, sorry. When one. he took that, like, I, at first I was like, he's gonna pick the lock with that. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he didn't. And then I was like, why am I thinking pick the lock? Like, he's gotta have other weapons on him. He's a policeman. Yeah. So in that moment, I was like, why are you... Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this wrong? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was just gonna, I thought he was gonna rip the badge off and start stabbing, like, at the wrist and use it to, mm-hmm. like, stab and cut. And so all of a sudden when he's holding, like, an axe and I'm like, what's, what's happening? He's trying to sharpen the stick and there's all kinds of, like, chaos things going on. I'm like going like, what you doing, Earl? I, I don't I don't quite know what you're trying to do, buddy. And you can see his vision's getting blurry, too. Mm-hmm. He is yes. out yes. of it. Yes, he is delirious because um, I don't know if you're bad like drinking water like me, but when you get dehydrated, you get a little... Uh, Oh, woozy. Yeah, a little woozy, a little woozy. But now it's time. He's got to cut off the cop's hand. Well, I thought he was just, his aim was to chop the chain. Oh, is that what he was That's trying to do? That's what I thought. It's hard to tell because his, you see, he's seeing, whenever yeah. they cut to his point of view, he's seeing double at this point, which is, don't, campers, this is like your safety tip of the week, don't use any kind of sharp object and try to cut something off when you can't see clearly. If you have four Foreigner's double vision playing overhead. Maybe don't do this. Yeah, because um, he misses. He misses his whatever his whatever he was aiming for. He missed. Yep, big time. Ooh, it looked not good. It sounded the sound effect. Maybe go. Huh? Oh it was a fantastic effect. Like, it, it was, looked yeah. really real. Yeah. It looked great. Yes. He hit his own wrist. He doesn't chop it off, though. No. Not he really. hits, like, the meaty part on, like, not your thumb part, but your... Yeah, the pinky side. Your pinky side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, like, maybe two inches deep. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's he took a pretty good... He got in pretty deep. And he flips his shit, which, unfortunately, he's still on the hill. <laughs> um, and at this point, he's kind of on a cliff. Um, and as he's losing his shit, flipping out, ah, uh, he sends himself over the cliff. And he's trying to hold on for dear life, but he has one and a quarter hands left now. Yeah, mm. Stiff Cop is, like, balancing him. So he's hanging by fucked up wrist. Ugh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Cuff uh-huh. is making it worse. Yep, it's gross. As you would expect. It's gross. It's, like, really, like, when I realized that his, you know, he's holding up his good hand, but his other hand is, like, snagged in the part where he cut it. I was like, mm-hmm. no. Oh, God. And then, uh... Snaps on off. Yep. 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 The hand gone. Rips 
right off and sends him over the edge. That is not the hand job anybody asked for. Hey-o. When he lands, he is, like he's unconscious for like 30 seconds and then he wakes up. But you can tell they're only doing like, they're doing like a, close a just up. a, yeah, like a close up and you can only see his neck and his head, but his neck looks wrong. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of in Men in Black. Um, Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio. Yeah, when he comes in, he's like, water, water, water. Yeah. Like, and the skin is all loose and wrong. Um, yeah. What does she say in that? I swear to God, there's somebody I know that quotes it all the time because they can do a dead-on impression. I'm not sure about Men in Black, but I'm currently watching the new updated version of The Stand from mm-hmm. 2020. And everybody that gets the sickness, mm-hmm. they also get really bubbly right here. So it made me think of that too. Uh, so there's just no escape the weird situation yeah, of the, the neck happening. Yeah, the, the weird neck thing was gross. Um, it gave me a little... Death becomes her too. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 And then he reveals that he can't move. He's paralyzed. That's what happens when you break your spine. But who should swoop in to save the day from hunger? Officer Burb. Officer Burb flying into action. <laughs> yeah. But Diggs is saying, you don't want me. I'm not dead. I'm not really dead. I'm not dead yet. Yeah. Because he's not dead yet. No, he's not he's dead alive. yet. He's alive. He can feel everything. He's just paralyzed. Um, <laughs> Officer Burb don't care though. <laughs> he wants the fresh food. He likes sushi. He is all about just serving justice swiftly. And I don't know if you guys know this, but if you've ever studied, uh, you know, scavenger animals or, you know, I mean, whenever they find a body anywhere out in nature, um, scavenger animals tend to go for soft tissue first because it's easy to chew. So while the rest of the stuff breaks down so they don't have to put in so much work, um, expend so much calories trying to tear through their food, they like to go for the soft tissue first. So um, where does uh, where does Officer Burb go for? I have no idea. Uh, he goes for the eyes. Waka, waka, waka. Oh, oh no. <laughs> And then Earl stops talking or moving. I am assuming he went into shock because like, I'm pretty sure you don't die. Die from your eyes being picked up. Yeah. Out. I mean, granted, he could have had internal bleeding. I was like, but I still think it takes a, a while to bleed out. I mean, this is me just being a finicky, you know, scientific jackass. But uh, clearly he went into shock while the vulture <laughs> continued to eat all the soft tissue off of his face. And that part was giving me like serious uh, lighthouse, end of the lighthouse. Oh Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, you need to be, like, stone sober to watch that, because if you were under any influence and you watch that, you're just gonna be like, no! But see, like, having seen The Lighthouse, like, Mm -hmm. I wanted the episode to go further, like, I wanted to, like, get into, like, his intestines. Yeah. Like, I wanted it to be grosser, but it's okay, it's Kyle, like, you don't hurt him, he's beautiful. Yeah, you don't hurt Precious Bean, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, I do think it would have been pretty cool for Officer Burb to come, like, flying up and, like, stop some where wearing like his intestines like a feather boa and maybe, <laughs> and maybe like have the badge like stuck in his like little talons like I thought that would have been really cute and precious but you know we can't always get what we want and instead we just end up in back in the crypt uh, where Crypt Keeper I'm pretty sure and this should make Lauren happy I'm pretty sure he's gotten pretty comfortable in his cyclist gear because he's still wearing it um, and I think he's gone he's going full le- leather daddy I feel yeah, like this, I there's do a, have a good daddy yeah there is an evolution <laughs> happening there and I feel like this is his gonna put him on 
on the path, like awaken something inside. Um, <laughs> and he does have a really cute stuffed vulture on his desk. So mm-hmm. there's that. I like that. Too. I do like taxidermy. I think it's pretty if it's done correctly. Well, there's a part then in like our wrap up with the Crypt Keeper. There's a part where he says, poor Diggs, here today, leftovers tomorrow. <laughs> Boy, talk about flipping someone the bird. I laughed out loud when he said flipping the bird. I was like... And then maybe my favorite part of the episode happens after that. He yeah. like he says something else. But then as he's cackling at his own joke, he's got like body parts on his plate and he takes a foot and he starts like hammering it <laughs> on the table while he cackles. And that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> When I laugh, I take something and I hit it on something else. <laughs> but can we just all agree that it is the most, and no offense um, to the cis men that are listening out there, but it is, and Sadie and I were actually just having this conversation that, like, some men just think they're the funniest people on the planet, and sometimes they don't realize that they're the only ones laughing at their own jokes. At least, at least our precious baby Crypt Keeper, I'm laughing, honey. Do you mm-hmm. hear me? I'm laughing. <laughs> I know Lauren's laughing. Oh, yes. I'm also taking some behind-the-scenes videos. <laughs> Attention campers! Join the camp counselors of Camp Creep on Saturday, April 30th at 6 p.m. at the Castle in Rochester, Minnesota for a very special event. It's the ultimate sleepaway camp viewing party featuring original cast members Felissa and Catherine. The experience will include a viewing of sleepaway camp, a Q&A with Felissa and Catherine hosted by Camp Creep, a professional in-person costumed photo op. And both Felissa and Catherine will be signing autographs and taking photos at their table. Tickets start at just $20 and are available through eventbrite.com. And as always, campers, creep it real. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, Who's That Ghoul? Doot, doot. <laughs> this episode was directed by Stephen E. D'Souza. Stephen also directed Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, but he's primarily a writer. He's written films like 48 Hours, Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Judge Dredd. And Sadie, you had a little uh, note about this director, Mr. D'Souza. Yes, because I am in love with Kyle MacLachlan, and so was my husband, so it's okay. <laughs> They worked together then three years later. Well, maybe not on set, but um, D'Souza wrote the Flintstones movie. <gasps> and Kyle MacLachlan is in that as I think Kyle McRock. McLaughlin? Uh, I just looked it up. Yeah. He plays Cliff Vanderkay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I made that. I'm sorry I made that mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. And so, uh, yeah, I wanted to give more time to the star of this episode, the one man show that is the legendary, the handsome, the silver daddy dreamboat, Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> if you are listening to this, I love you very much. I love you very much. I think if I I don't agree, I'll get murdered by my two friends here, so I will <laughs> co-sign and agree. <laughs> and also, I'm going to have to find you on social media, and maybe we'll just have to tag you a lot and hope and pray that you would consider <laughs> listening to this very right? particular episode. Yes. Oh, 
Kyle McLaughlin, like, where, like, usually, like, I have a very cadenced way of doing who's that ghoul and each actor, but Kyle McLaughlin just threw everything out the window because we're just like, what do you say about Kyle McLaughlin? <sighs> okay, let's, um, Sadie, what do you know Kyle, what do you, what do you know Kyle from aside from the Flintstones movie? So, I mean, obviously Twin Peaks, but mm-hmm. my, f- and I think his best performance is uh, Blue Velvet, oh, mm-hmm. but my favorite Kyle McLaughlin performance and film is Showgirls. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you were going to say showgirls. The pool scene, Uh, unrealistic sex. I'm here for it all day. Listen, I was a virgin, um, and my I had friends' parents who were really like they wanted to be the cool parents so bad, so they let us watch showgirls. Oh no! I think just the rated R version, but it may have been the unrated. I honestly can't remember because it was just boobs, 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 boobs everywhere, full on, full frontal nudity. And I remember the pool scene, and we're all. I think we were maybe 13 years old, and we're watching. It and none of us had ever touched a boy or girl in mm. in a sexual manner at that point in time. And I think all of us in that moment imprinted of like, is that what sex is supposed to look like? You get and, water up your nose, right? And I mean, and <laughs> I remember many moons later during a very intimate moment with a as myself as an unexperienced young lover uh, with another, I believe, probably less experienced than he claimed lover being thrashed around and thinking like. Okay, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that lines up with what I saw in Showgirls, right? That's and- how Kyle McLaughlin has sex. <laughs> okay. And then later realized that, oh, no, that's not how people have sex. Like, you're not supposed to end up with whiplash. Oh, no. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic. Do you have something that you know him from, Lauren? So, I also remember him from the Flintstones, Showgirls. I see Sex in the City on here. Yes. Oh. And I binged that years ago, but I can't remember exactly who oh, his character was. I will was. tell you who he is. Trey. Mm, Trey McDougal. McDougal. He marries Charlotte. After- oh! Yes, Charlotte's after- husband. Got yes, it. Her impotent husband, which is devastating, but then he's able to get over over it and he's able to bang the crap out of her. Ugh. Charlotte was my favorite. <sighs> he was so hot in that. Like, I remember him in the kilt. Mm-hmm. There's, oh, uh, yeah, there were a lot of, mm, I'm sorry, I'm getting lost. Um, hi. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. So, yes, Kyle McLaughlin is known for so many iconic roles. I always make the joke, like, if I could start a podcast just about this person and their IMDb page, but Kyle McLaughlin literally is someone that I could start an entire podcast about. You know, you're talking Agent Dale Cooper, Twin Peaks. He was, he had a role in Dune. I can't say the last name because it's been a while since I've seen the old Dune, but he was in the original Dune. That's how he met David Lynch. Okay. And then became, like, his go-to dude. Yes. One of my favorite comedic roles of him, which I feel like is so underrated, he's the mayor of Portland in Portlandia. And he is absolutely hysterical. Like, he's playing himself, and he's like, yeah, I'm just the mayor of Portland. He is so funny. Like, he's such a good dramatic actor, and he's such a good, like, heartthrob. And then he's such a good comedian at the same time. It's like, sir, what can't you do? Literally nothing. There is nothing Kyle McLaughlin cannot do. Yes. Um, yes, it was a religious experience watching him in Blue Velvet. Then, most recently, one of my, one that I remember him from, from very recently, is he played the cap 
captain on How I Met Your Mother. And uh, spoiler for those of you that are still making your way through How I Met Your Father, but he does make an appearance in How I Met Your Father mm. as the captain. And oh my goodness, there's... In the last episode, again, spoiler, jump ahead 30 seconds. He's in bed, like clearly having been with a lover, uh, and shirtless, and his long silver locks are like thrown across his forehead from all the lovemaking, and I'm just like swooning. <laughs> Oh, Captain, my Captain. Uh, <laughs> you silvered out. You didn't black out. <laughs> I silvered out. He's just a beautiful man. So talented. And I have just, I've not heard bad things about him. And if you have something bad to say about him, you keep it Fuck to yourself. You. Keep it to yourself. Don't you dare ruin this for me. <laughs> keep it to yourself. Anyways, hi. Yeah. Um, anyways, anyone else have anything else they want to say about Kyle? Sadie, I, I believe do. you have something. So, Kyle is from Washington, lives in Washington, and he, within the past, I don't know how long it's been around, but um, he's a sommelier, mm. which means... He makes and curates wine. Oh. Spoon. Brian, I'm sorry, but I feel like if they ever meet, (laughs) (laughs) this could be bad for you, sir. So his wine is called, where the brand is Pursued by Bear, which is his favorite Shakespearean anything. Like, it's it's a stage direction. It just says, exit, Pursued by Bear. Yes. It's the greatest. (laughs) And it's fucking brilliant. Yes. So, Brian and I found out, I think it was, like, maybe during quarantine in 2020, because I, obviously, I follow Kyle on social media. Oh my god, <laughs> who wouldn't? That he was at least, like, more mainstream releasing the wine, because I know he'd been making it for a while, but it was available to purchase. Now he had a website, and you could order through there. And it fucking blew my mind. But it was, like, a bottle of of wine was probably $78, mm-hmm. and then you've got shipping, mm-hmm. which is maybe going to be, like, 30 So it's like, well, okay, like we would love to have this someday, but not right now. Mm -hmm. And then on my birthday for 2021, Brian surprised me and he got me the Cabernet by Kyle McLaughlin. And it it didn't have a name. It was just the Pursued by Bear Cabernet Sauvignon. And I love red wine. Normally, I can't really drink it by itself. Like I like to put sparkling water in it. So it's Mm -hmm. more of a spritzer because sometimes it's too heavy. And Brian was like, no, we can't dampen (laughs) this. We have to have it full bodied. (laughs) And it was the best tasting and the strongest red wine I've ever had. It was so good. (laughs) We just dropped a cup. It was man down. Man down. (laughs) And it did have wine. Sorry, Uh, Jesus. Oh, no. It's fine. (laughs) It was so good. I got so drunk. (laughs) But it was my birthday, so it didn't matter. And my loving husband got me something that meant so much to me. So obviously we kept the bottle. But then fast forward to maybe like last summer, because he purchased from Pursued by Bear, mm-hmm. he gets um, like notifications of specials or like new announcements and things like that. And they did a thing where if you buy three bottles of the Pursued by Bear Rosé, which is called Blushing Bear Rosé. You buy three bottles. Mm -hmm. I want to say it was $70 for the three bottles. You pay for shipping. One of the bottles is autographed. (gasps) Oh. So my perfect fucking wonderful husband said, we're going to do this. Yes. And so he bought that fucking wine. (gasps) And that, especially that Blushing Bear Rosé, was the best wine Mm. I have had in my entire life. We split a bottle between us, Mm -hmm. and it happened to fall on... Um, the day that we got it was August 9th, which is the anniversary of the Tate murders. And that's when it arrived. And we're like, and for those of you that don't know, I am completely inspired and enthralled by Sharon T. 
Tate. She's my muse, my style icon, and I'm a burlesque performer and a model. And like what I like to say is I'm a Sharon Tate tribute artist. I'm not, I don't do lookalikes. I don't have the body type. I don't have the face, but she's, I tribute everything that I do to her. And so it was kind of perfect that that's when our shipment arrived. And so that night he and I split a bottle between the two of us. And then a week later, we took a bottle to a friend's house to share with them. And then a week after that, we took the third bottle to another friend to share and everyone just fucking loved it. Mm. And the day that we got it, I was like, we have to take pictures because obviously I follow him and pursued by a bear and he reposts things all the time. And so Brian's like, okay. So we made a big setup in what we call our movie room, Mm -hmm. which is we call, well, the video store. It's a room that we put shelves. That's where we keep all of our movies. No one stays in there. That's just Mm -hmm. decoration for where you go when you pull out a movie to watch. So he made up a shelf, which was our horror section. But then Brian put Feaster Sunday, all of his copies on like the top row. Mm-hmm. And then we have the horror movies beneath that. And we're like, okay, now we stand in front of it. And we're holding our the bottle and we're holding like our cups <laughs> and everything. Like, okay, let's take the picture. And so I posted it and like I tagged Pursued and I tagged Kyle. And then I want to say it was, it wasn't quite the next day. Maybe it was two days later. Kyle McLaughlin himself, his verified account said, I hope the Bear Witch Project is a part of the collection. <laughs> A little rosé should help ease the scares. Enjoy! Exclamation mark. Oh! I am swooning. I am swooning so hard right now. I have a screenshot of it. You can find it on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, no, that needs to be So if you want to scroll back yeah. to last summer, you can find it. Or you can just message me and I'll send you the fucking screenshot. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, no, that, that should be printed out and framed. That's the like, plan. Oh. <laughs> That's brilliant. Just bravo. Bravo. Yeah. I think there was somebody else in this episode that I still have to talk about. Is it the bird? Is it Officer Burb? Does he have an IMDB? Oh my goodness, we got so tired. Oh, what can I say? Even long distance and not even knowing it, Kyle McLaughlin just has a way with women. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, yeah, we do still have one other actor, the the only other actor in the episode, George Del Hoyo. Uh, he played the cop. So, George Del Hoyo apparently has been appearing off and on on Days of Our Lives oh. since 1986 as a character named Orpheus. I used to watch Days of Our Lives, and I have no idea who the hell Orpheus is. I think I do. Yeah. And I feel like at some point he also has an evil twin played by himself. You might be thinking of Stefano. Uh, maybe. I, I remember <laughs> but- Port Charles resting in peace, Port Charles. Um, yeah, to be fair, though, on all the, so- the soaps, every character has an evil twin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just neither here nor there. Uh, but he also played the voice of Senor Flan in Rango. <laughs> yes. He was Uncle Rowdy in an episode of Veggie Tales. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who went to a Lutheran school from kindergarten to eighth grade, I love you, sir. I love Veggie Tales. <laughs> yes, he, uh, he did a lot of TV shows, mostly like one-off roles, but he was a working actor from 1979 up until today, 2022, Days of Our Lives. Most recently, he was in two episodes of 911 as Raymond Diaz. And yes, that is this week's Who's That Ghoul, which we might as well call Who's That Come Glocklin. <laughs> <laughs> no one has ever taken over and dominated Who's That Ghoul 
Ghoul before, like Kyle McLaughlin. Also, if you're listening, Mr. McLaughlin, you may dominate me at any point in time. <laughs> Moving on! Um, so while especially Sadie was telling her story, I have been recording things for Instagram, and I did make sure to tag the bear wine people <gasps> yes. in one of them. Also, just because I'm myself, I've known this for a long time and I haven't been able to, like, talk about it, so now it's a podcast. I can do, for, like, just about anybody, I can do, like, a degrees of separation from Sharon Tate. (laughs) And this one was incredibly easy, so let's do Kyle McLaughlin to Sharon Tate. Yes. Kyle McLaughlin was in Twin Peaks with Richard Boehmer. Richard Boehmer played Benjamin Horn, who was Audrey's father, and from 1962 to 1963, he was engaged to Sharon Tate. Oh. And he personally brought her... She was living in Italy at the time because her father was a military officer and they were based in there and she was going to to an American school Mm -hmm. in Italy when she was discovered on the set. Pat Boone was doing um, like a a show thing there, needed extras, and so she was chosen as an extra. And Richard Boehmer was down there and met her and was enthralled by her and said she needed to be an actress. And so he brought her then back to the States, to Los Angeles, while her family was still in Italy. And... (laughs) got her an agent and started the whole fucking thing. And then he was in Twin Peaks with Kyle MacLachlan. Very nice. All right. I think it's a skill. I think I prefer this game more than the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Right. (laughs) And this is way more fun. All right. But now it is time for a very, very, very important question. Special guest camp counselor, Sadie Tate. Did you like the episode? Fuck yeah, I like this episode. (laughs) If you could rate it a severed thumbs up or down, you also get two thumbs. What would you rate it? Uh, Two severed up. All right. Because of the shirtlessness and the one-liners and the laughing at his own jokes. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Cam Cancer Lauren, did you like the episode? I will concur with two severed thumbs up. My only issue is that both episodes we have had of season three so far are very full of anti-women quotes. But ultimately, this episode was a lot funnier than I remembered it being. Mm -hmm. So yeah, two severed thumbs up it is. And what about you, Cam Cancer Tish? I give it two severed thumbs up. I... Same reasons as Sadie. Like, I mean, like, the second you said, like, the second I found out Kyle was in this episode, I was like, I'm probably really gonna like this episode. But that's okay. That's okay. I was like, you know. But it was actually a really Tales from the Crypt episode. It's everything that I remember Tales from the Crypt being. You know, the one-liners, the cheeky humor, um, just that that gorge just saved for the very end for the finale. <laughs> um, it was just so I, well-balanced. I mean, yes, I could have done without the misogyny, but you know, if, if you're into horror, you understand you have to take a spoonful of misogyny mm. with just about everything you watch. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, I thought it was just chef's kiss. Excellent. Yes. I am glad. I think this is the first time at least you and I have agreed on a severed thumb rating, too, for a few episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we've so, definitely been on different pages. Sadie Sadie <laughs> clearly is here as our bridge connector, mm-hmm. bringing us all together as one yes. podcast. <laughs> yes. All right. And before we get into the outro... So <laughs> We've already established films you have in post-production are Satanic, Sucker Mom from Ohio, Thrust, that was still being edited, uh, Spooky Dookie, that one's still being worked on. Um, in fact, just filming just wrapped recently, correct? 
Yes. With our scene. <laughs> yeah. But you, my goodness, your many, many films can be found... Rockbottomvideo.com. And Sugar Plum, which we're both in, can be found on Vimeo. Unfortunately, if you search for... I found if you Google Judge Sugar Plum or go to Vimeo and search Sugar Plum, there's like 600 films called Sugar Plum. <laughs> yes. So if you want the link to that, because that is still up on Vimeo, uh, we can always send you the link. Yeah. Do you want to plug your social media? Uh, Sadie Tate, Instagram and Facebook. Um, I also have a Facebook page that I sell through that page and through my Instagram called Stone by Tate. And I rhinestone like vinyl albums, laser discs, and tapes. And I can do commissions and I love doing it. I sip my vodka and I listen to podcasts <laughs> while I do it. And it's the best time I've ever had. If you haven't checked out Stoned by Tate, her work is just impeccable. Like it's truly, you know, it's truly an art form. What you do, um, it's really cool. I have. Um, she did a Chucky laser disc for me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, which is a cherished item of mine. And recently, she did a gave a friend of ours a RuPaul album. Mm-hmm. But she's got lots of horror VHSs and laser discs, and you know, cl- vintage vinyl. It's really cool. They're really beautiful. Other things we can say about Sadie is that currently you can buy a mini skirt with her face on it. Oh yes, I forgot. <laughs> about that. It's my favorite thing. And my body. (laughs) (laughs) That's on Redbubble. Yes. Um, I forgot about that. It's, I think if you like search by artist, it's Artbox Creations Inc. Yes. I think that's how it is. Yes. And that is a beautiful photo of you. Mm -hmm. That's the one that I'm going to give to you guys when you promote the episode. Just the picture. Good. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely stunning. Our friend Heather does spectacular work and you're a great model. Thanks. Hire me. <laughs> All right. Camp Creep Podcast is a part of the Joy Road Media Podcast Network. You can listen to other great Joy Road Media shows such as Great Lakes Confidential, You Made Me Watch, Truthcast, The Burt Selleck Podcast, Dead Waves, and Coming Soon, like Super Soon, like Tomorrow Soon. Great Lake Celebrates premieres on April 1st, 2022. And if you want to support Camp Creep Podcast, you can follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts and please leave us a review. You can find us online at Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Camp Creep Podcast and on Twitter at Camp Creep Pod. Feel free to shoot us an email, especially you, Kyle, at Camp Creep Podcast at gmail.com. You can also give us a call at 661-527-3370 and leave us a voicemail. And as always, campers, creep it real.